0: All right, so just before we get started, um, I'd just like to hear from, from the rest of you guys. Does anyone have a testimony to share or something that grabbed you from last week looking at the gift of administration? Maybe there was something about this gift that was different to what you expected or something that you grabbed or, um, or took away?
1: Just simply and profoundly, divine empowerment to be an, ad- an effective administrator. So it's through the supernatural power which empowers a person to be the effective administrator
0: cool and I think that is the heartbeat of the gift of administration the gift of hospitality and all the gifts that we're looking at right um, that while these are gifts given and the bible says that they're irrevocable regardless if you're doing well you're not doing well you're walking you know, closely with God, you've walked away. The gifts themselves are irrevocable, but He's looking for us to administer those gifts from a certain posture within us um, that we have real, genuine love and fellowship for one another and the divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit that is then expressed through these gifts that minister to the body, eh? um, And so tonight, like I said, we're going to be looking at the gift of hospitality. It's a fascinating gift. I think like the gift of administration, I think it can be easily misunderstood, um, So often you hear something like administration or hospitality and you immediately think natural. You immediately think these are just the guys who are either on the door, maybe the guys that are making coffee. But the scripture that we're going to look at tonight actually sheds a completely new light on what the gift of hospitality actually is. Now like all the gifts, there is a natural application to it. It has to be. How can there be, um, you know? How can there be something that's real and genuine in the spirit and not express itself in a physical way? Yeah. You know, we read about um, in James about how can you have faith and not have works. You know, James says, Well, you show me your faith, I'll show you my works. Actually, we're not talking about one or the other here. We're talking about faith and works. We're talking about a certain kind of work that flows from divine perspective, divine sight, divine empowerment that's then expressed in a work that comes from the Father, sources in heaven, not on earth. Um, But there needs to be both. And I think this is the same with the gift of hospitality. The gift of hospitality is a spiritual gift. But like the other gifts, it has a natural and earthy and a physical application that needs to be expressed. Um, So we're going to be looking at both tonight. We're going to be, I hope, rightly dividing the Word of God and looking at this thing in its fullness, in its entirety, in its rightful context. Is that cool? All right. So if you've got your scriptures, you can open up to 1 Peter chapter 4. It's going to be our key verse. Um, And if we... Um, if we're really productive, we might move on to Luke, but we'll start in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. All right, listen to this. The end of all things is near. Not a particularly uh, good starting point for the gift of hospitality, but let's go on. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Oh, also not really, um, you know, con- oh, connected to hospitality? Well, let's see. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint, as each one has received a special gift employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Powerful passage, eh? Powerful passage. And I was making a little bit of a joke about it at the beginning, but is it not interesting to you that the way that Peter starts this passage is the end of all things is near? And then he flows into this gift of hospitality. So if the end of all things is near, is the gift that he's talking about really about making good coffee? Is that what we need in preparation for God's eternal purpose of the body of Christ? (laughs) Maybe.
2: Coffee and other things, I'm sure. Not just coffee.
0: Okay, I take that back. We do need a coffee. (laughs) But maybe there's something else we need apart from just coffee. (laughs) Decaf. (laughs) We certainly don't need decaf. (laughs) So I think... Given the context of this passage, there's obviously a much greater application to the gift of hospitality than just making coffee, than just greeting people at the door, than just engaging in natural, hospitable works. And so tonight we're going to be unpacking, well, if it isn't making coffee, then what is it? And Cena um, very kindly volunteered um, to kick us off tonight, which is awesome. So we're going to start with yeah, give her give her a whoop whoop. Yeah. Yeah. I gave Cena the option: does she either want to kick us off, or does she just want to slip into the conversation at some you know point halfway through? But she was adamant that she wanted to kick us off.
3: Yes and to Amen. Get us yes and so, Amen. That's yeah, yeah. Here we go. That's my theme for 2019. <laughs> All um, right.
0: I'll, I'll read the question out, eh? I'll read the question out. Rearing to go, eh? Rearing to go. Uh, more like nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like we've said, if the gift of hospitality is not just about making cups of tea, then what is its purpose and function in the body of Christ?
3: So this this gift speaks to my heart a lot um, because I have been this I've been blessed by this gift I've benefited from this gift I've also blessed um, others with this gift in the natural but also in the spirit and while it may appear to you but also you might say because I get this quite a bit you know Sina. You come from a hospitable culture, so it's easier for you to be hospitable. But can I challenge your mindset? The gift of hospitality is not a gift from Samoan culture only. It is a gift from the kingdom of God that Samoan culture and other culture groups have functioned in a little bit longer. So, it, yeah. Um, because it, it, it's an honor, but it's also a privilege for me to be a bond servant to the Lord. It is an honor, but it's also a privilege for me to serve you all, but to bless you all. Um, his His love, but also His purpose, has defined the function. Um, of this gift for me to operate in the body of Christ, to build the body of Christ, to equip the body of Christ, and and what I mean by defined is, I know why I put the cones out at the car park. I know why I am part of a discipleship group. I serve at a discipleship group. I know why. I serve brothers and sisters so they can go as a couple to a discipleship group because marriage is very important to the Lord. I know why I submit to the leadership and the governance of Greg and the eldership. This is purely because I know him. And I know his plans for this house. And the body of Christ. There's eternal purpose for the body of Christ. Yeah. That's, that's it. So good. That's it.
4: That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mel said we <we're>
0: done. So. <laughs> oh, that's that's massive, eh? You know. And I think, like Sino was saying, I, I love that. You know, that it's not about culture or tradition. It's not about you know the the bloodline that you are born into anymore. That be, any more than that being an apostle is not about being born from your dad who's an apostle who, you know, is a minister over three churches. These things are not, don't come through an earthly genealogy, hey? They come by the, the birth and impartation of the Holy Spirit, hey? and, um, So what about, what about for the rest of the panel? What, what do you see as being the, the importance of the gift of hospitality to the body of Christ?
2: Um, so I've written here, hospitality is an attitude of opening up our hearts and our lives to share what we have and to contribute to the development and the growth of our spiritual family. Um, to spiritual family, but also to outsiders. And it's interesting, the word hospitality talks about love to strangers. And um, something Greg said this morning about Luke 24, about Jesus, the bread um broke the breaking of bread and uh, Jesus being broken open. And and so I looked at that scripture this afternoon and I was like, man, here we go. This is hospitality at its finest. So um, that was in Luke. And it it just talked about um, Jesus walking with these men. And um, it's it's after he's resurrected. And um, it it says that uh, these men um, invited They didn't know it was Jesus. They they didn't recognize him, but they invited Jesus into their home, right? The sense of there's something here, and we want to share this, have this person in our home. And it says that Jesus came and he sat with them, and at the table he broke bread, and their eyes opened. And uh, to me, that is... uh the purest form of hospitality, when together, we come together and we break bread, uh, it says that these men, the hearts were burning because they said, did not the scriptures come alive to us? Yeah. And I, honestly, I think uh, hospitality is almost like a door to discipleship. Yeah. It's it's uh, a coming in and breaking of bread and that those scriptures come alive, that we sort of walk away going, man, we shared in Christ that my heart is now burning, you know, and it's, uh, if we want to um, come alive to Christ. Christ and burn for Him, yeah, then it's it's making our hearts hospitable to Christ Himself, and so it's making room for one another to share in Christ that we all grow and develop in Him. Uh, so it's an attitude, a kingdom attitude, you know, uh, so of the Spirit.
5: Um, yeah, I was reading um, Hebrews 13 uh, this morning, and it talks about. It says that that very thing. It says, "Do not be, do not forget to entertain strangers, because." By so doing, some have uh, hosted angels and been unaware of it, and and that was I got the same passage. You know, the road to Emmaus, where these guys are basically have no idea who Christ is, and he acts as if he was going to continue going. You know, and uh, and through this this hospitality, where they are potentially very Jewish and very hospitable, you know, because it's their culture, they bring him in, and 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 he's revealed to them. And just as I was chewing over that, you know, I, I, I feel like it's so difficult to separate hospitality from who it is that he's uh, revealing himself to be in us, where we are, our lives are to be the demonstration of this. So Hebrews 13:1 says, "Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to be hospitable." And it's just this continuation of the same thing, where this is actually not just the sharing of tea and biscuits, which is lovely, but it's actually the sharing of our lives, we, where my life is open to you, where I don't consider the things that I have to be my own. And what an example of the early church when the Holy Spirit turns up and it yeah. says none of them considered the things that they had to be their own. And, and so I see that in, as we grow in Christ, this nature becomes our nature. Um, and just one of the things that i that sort of stood out to me today is that he says, through so doing, many have entertained angels and not known and and normally we go the, to the natural i 've always gone to the natural there and gone i 'd love to see an angel and we go and the greatest example is the road to Emmaus where Christ turns up and i 'm like, that is it you know let that happen and and you know that it, to be honest it's it 's such a It's a little bit of an earthly way of thinking because there's every potential for Christ to be revealed through his people in any given moment. And so if I don't go, I'm actually looking for an angel, but a messenger or the word, someone that's bringing the life of Christ into a moment where the gift on a person is engaged because of an open, receptive posture, I'm going to get it. You know, it says, um, there's this this apostolic proverb that I heard, and it says, if you treat the servant of Christ like he is Christ, you'll draw the ministry of Christ out of him. And if you see a, how is it, if you um, honor a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you get the righteous man's reward. If you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. So what does it look like when we have our lives open to the word of God in its various forms, wherever it might turn up? that my life would be open to this. And hospitality is a, an avenue for that to happen.
0: And I love that it says that people would have entertained angels without knowing it. Like, there's a big difference between this posture that if an angel were to turn up, it wouldn't have mattered because you would have treated them like you would have treated any other person, hey? you know, That they entertained angels without knowing it. See, the earthly way, and this is the Luke passage, is that when someone turns up who, you know, doesn't really look that appealing and, you know, it's like they don't necessarily deserve hospitality, you know. But actually, it's it's completely opposite because if if you, if it's not just about showing hospitality but about becoming hospitable, that you're going to demonstrate this posture in this life to anyone you come into contact with because it's not about your action, it's about who you've become, you know? And so you'll entertain angels without knowing it and you will treat them like Christ even though they take the form of just another human being, hey, you know? That's um, right. And so I think it's, oh, it, it, I think at its very core, it's not just about showing an act, it's about becoming, like you said, it's a posture, it's a heartbeat, it's a, it's a life that you, you'd lay down your life for for your brothers, hey?
2: So.
4: Mm.
2: And and the the gift of hospitality, like the other gifts, is is a, a ministry that is reproduced. Right, it's it's, it's reproducing the ministry of Christ. Um, but obviously, Christ is the main minister. But it's coming. It's, it's yeah. It's a way of reproducing the ministry of Christ uh, to others. Yeah.
5: One of the things that I think is becoming apparent as we grow in Christ is that. So many of these (laughs) gifts look different than what we might have naturally expected them to. So it's possible to be hospitable as a person, but if it's born of the flesh, what's it going to accomplish, Because how much confidence can we really have in the flesh? Mm -hmm. You know, it's never, even if it's good and it facilitates good discussion, it's never going to be part of the building of the church. Mm -hmm. But if it's the gift that he's done, if it's an outworking of what it is that's already being formed in you, it will naturally be hospitable, and the fruit will naturally come from that.
0: Um, so we have here in verse 9, be hospitable to one another without complaint. I think, interesting verse, A, be hospitable to one another without complaint. And I think that comes back to what you're saying, Chris. You know, there's a difference between natural hospitality, hospitality that's birth and... Birthed out of Pacific Island tradition, or hospitality that's birthed out of um, natural personality mm. and hospitable that's divinely empowered by the Spirit of God, and to me, it's it's this whole it's this whole verse. It's not half of it. It's not just be hospitable to one another. He says, "Be hospitable to one another without complaint." Mm. You know, and to me, that's the that's the divine factor in it. You know, it's easy to be hospitable, but it's it's. It requires divine empower- empowerment to be hospitable without complaint. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that as a case manager at Work and Income, we were always given you know skills and as part of our training and equipped to how to be you know how to be out on the floor with the different people that we were interacting with. And in my first week, I, we were taken off the off the floor to do this, you know, this training and they were giving us skills um, as you know how to manage conflict and rahdi rahdi ra And they said they said, guys, um, you know, you're gonna come up against some tough conversations with some with some really difficult people. Now it's important that you hold your tongue when you're talking with people and if you need to let if you need to let it out and vent and let loose, the place for that is the staff room. <laughs> And I was, I, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I was like, you're encouraging us to make sure that we keep face out on the floor in front of people. And then encouraging us to, you know, to vent to our colleagues in the staff room about our frustrations and how hard and difficult and annoying the client. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the way of the world, right? It's be hospitable. But, you know, you can be hospitable, but don't let anyone see that you're actually frustrated. Yeah. And then when you go out the back, you can have a good rant. The hospitality that's divine is a hospitality that's through and through. Yeah. It's actually, you don't need to vent. And I never once in my entire time as a case manager vented to a single staff member. I, because, not because I was trying to be holy. I just didn't need to. Because the conversations that I was a part of didn't Actually, come into here and affect me on the inside because I had become hospitable, you know. And you know, I, um, I you know, I, I don't know how I got onto this topic, but I, you know, I made a point when I when I was working as a case manager. I went up into they call they have three zones: Zone One, Zone Two, Zone Three. Zone One is where the clients sit. Zone Two is where the case managers sit, and Zone Three is where the non-client facing staff sit. And it's broken down into zones for security purposes. And I, and so you're supposed to stay in zone two when you're a case manager, but it felt like, it just felt like right at the time the Holy Spirit was saying, actually, no, I want you to go into zone one. And for almost every client, I went up and I went into the, into the waiting area, up to the seats, and shook the person's hand and asked them how their day was being walked back side by side with them back to my desk. And to me, that, this, is not, like, this is not being hospital necessarily in a church um, building, mm because the church isn't a building, it's who we are as people, and so how can we demonstrate it in this environment if we don't in that, you know, and so for me what what that meant is actually I made more declines than any other staff member, Mm -hmm. and I had less complaints and more compliments than any other staff member. (laughs) How can I have more declines when normally that's what kicks people off and gets the police around, and you know, why? Because it's hospitality that's not demonstrated just through action but through the reality because I didn't need to vent in the staff room I could actually show genuine hospitality to the people in front of me because it was divinely empowered not fleshly driven you know and so that's what he's looking to form in us it's a hospitality that's through and through it's a hospitality that's without complaint hey? you know and so it really it's the difference between being earthly and being divine and it's expressed not just in this environment but in every environment hey? so.
3: I was just thinking as well, too, like it's been coming from up front for years. You know, the foundation of these gifts is love. And the second part is you have to die. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, that is part we don't like. But that is the core theme in order to truly Mm. operate in it
2: makes me think of that um scripture in hebrews where it talks about um the the faith forerunners and how they what they saw ahead they actually welcomed from the future and again it's um you know sights you can have sight but to to, uh, it's another thing to have the attitude of without complaining you know which we know that um when when the uh, Israelites were traveling, they just complained, right, and they went in circles, but there's a difference between when you have sight to see, it's the attitude of welcoming it and calling it into your presence, um, present reality, um, but also that makes room for others who, to come into what the sight is, you know, but again it's that attitude of welcoming, you know, and bringing it, calling it in, yeah.
0: And even Jesus it says I, I, go away, oh, you know, I go away, and I'm going to prepare a yeah. place for you. You know, mm. to me, that's that's the heartbeat of hospitality. You know, that's right. You that's know? right.
2: And you arrange your life, right? Yeah. You start, yeah. uh, you start rearranging for that word to enter in, for for the reality to come in. You you you. That's the activity. It's the attitude, right? Is to start arranging and putting things in place to receive and create hosp- uh, hospitable. Environment, you
0: know. Cool, so it says be hospitable to one another without complaint, as each one has received a special gift. Employer in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Interesting, eh? The mani- to be good steward to be hospitable is to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. He doesn't say to be a good steward of the coffee or a good steward of the car park or a good steward of the cones he said to be hospitable is to be a good steward of the manifold grace of god why because being hospitable is, is not just like we said, it's not just an action, it's a heartbeat, it's, it demonstrates the very nature and character of Christ himself, and that's what's being stewarded through the gift of hospitality, it's it's part of the manifold wisdom of God, it's who he is, it's, and so there's an expression when someone's functioning in this gift, that they look to see it, and they don't just see Pacific Art and culture, they see kingdom culture, they see something that's heavenly and divine, hey? And so just as, as a precursor, then when moving on to 11, I'll be keen to hear you guys' thoughts on this. It says, then whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterances of God. Now this is the kicker. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving with the strength that God supplies. Yeah. What does it mean to serve with the strength that God supplies? And why is that so essential in functioning and operating as the gift of, hosp- in, of hospitality? Sorry, that's an off-script question, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for that. No, no, kidding. Um, because this, the, it's the source that supplies, and that source never ends, right? So it's this. Um, it's important. What was the question, actually? Sorry again. Um,
0: why is it so important <laughs> to serve so with important? the strength that He supplies? Yeah, right. And why, because and is, why is it so important for operating the gift of hospitality?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because it's um, the, if the source is Christ. It's it's a source that doesn't run dry, and it's a, a source that energizes the work, and it's uh, like we heard this morning the word that does the work. It's um, and that's a constant, everlasting, all sufficient, all contained source, right? Um, and of course, that source, the seed, expresses itself and rep- reproduces itself and expresses itself as as Christ, and uh, that's what people need. Nothing else. <laughs>
3: Also, um, it doesn't have a singular site. It always operates in this. Uh, is plural the right word? Like a it, as family. The site is always about family. And so it aligns itself to what the family needs, how they can, you know, it, yeah, this, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah yeah it's not an individualistic mindset um, where it comes with the heart of a, a heart that 's laid down and it, it's like how it 's a bit like your heart postures to the Lord wake up, what do you want me to do for you Lord? you know it comes with that heart posture to to him and to each other
5: going back to um let's use uh, having people over to your house as an example. Has anybody ever had people over to their house and just been shattered at the end of it? Yeah. You have people over because you want to be hospitable, and you've invited people over, and there's just this thing going on where you might not connect, and this sounds really unchristian of me, I'll just say it. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it, it was just one of those things that played out in our life a few years ago, and, and Bella and I just got together, and we were like, why are we so shattered why are we tired right now? Like, we're not faking it. We're not trying to trying to put a facade up. We're, we're not trying to be disingenuous. We've invited people over because we want to get to know them. But for, for me, at least, we felt like we were operating beyond our capacity, beyond what it was that Christ had empowered in us. We've, we've called people over because we think it's a good idea. This is what hospitality looks like. Let's go and do this work. And so we go and do it, and at the end of it, you're shattered because it isn't something that he's necessarily speaking to or empowering you to do. And so you just reap the re- result of this flesh act, you know. <laughs> and, and for me, I go, there's examples in my own life when I look back and go, there's been times where God's led me into something that's been totally out of left field And there's been life all over it, where we've had people over and they've stayed the night and it's just been, and it's not even necessarily the people, it's that it's something that we were graced for versus something that we just tried to manufacture because it felt like the right thing. And it doesn't mean that we don't invite people over, it doesn't mean that we're not given to hospitality, but there's a real contrast. Um, I remember um, growing up, you know, my dad was a really good example of genuine hospitality where he was gifted in it. And, And so much so that we have memories of Christmas days, you know, don't touch Christmas day, where he would see people and invite them over. Because his heart was for a person that was alone on Christmas day. And so we've had many Christmases where we have people that just were alone, invited to come and have Christmas lunch with us. And as kids, you're like, no, Dad, no, Like this is, the worst. this is the worst thing. But, you know, thank God for a dad that didn't listen to something that was just so grounded in the flesh and really had no significance because he saw beyond it and went, actually, I, I can hear it, but it's, it's not worth it a lot. I love my kids, but I'm not going to entertain that. And, and would just minister to people, not for the sake of converting them, just because he had the capacity and was able to give out of what it was that was supplied, you know? Wow. Not necessarily the best house, not necessarily the best Christmas, but fellowship and friendship and life, you know? And looking back on it, I go, man, I, I see that in my own life now where this work that's happening in me is able to minister in the same way. Where I go, actually, it's not about Christmas Day what does it matter, it, it, you know, in long term, in, in eternity?
2: Nothing. So it emphasizes, like, who are we being supplied by? Yeah, do you know right. what I mean? It's not like we're being, who, who is supplying us? Yeah. Because that supply, you know, the supplier yes. <laughs> is eternal and abundant. And,
4: you know. yeah.
0: and I think that's exactly why, it's, you know, why it says you know, the one who serves is to do so as one who serves by the strength that God supplies her, you know. And in the context, he talks about whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterances of God, you know. And so in this context, you know, to, to me he's, he's saying like if if you're if you're speaking and you're preaching, you need divine inspiration to be able to bring forth something that's heavenly and eternal out of your physical mouth. Hey? And he's saying In that same way, just as the person who's preaching from the pulpit needs to be divinely inspired to be able to bring forth something that's of him, the person who is being hospitable needs the same divine empowerment. Why? Because what we're facilitating and administering is more than just food and drink, more than just a well-functioning car park, it's Christ himself, you know? Um, And so... If you do serve in the cafe, that you know, we're not trying to say don't, you know, cafe? Yeah. it's a shameless plug, you know, so. we need people in the cafe. But, but what I'm saying is don't take yourself out of the game because you think you've got a natural gift or a natural call or a natural role. You need to be divinely empowered and inspired because maybe in your serving you'll demonstrate something to those around you and you'll see Christ in you and be inspired by an aspect, part of the manifold nature of who God is, and you know and, and enter into that through your demonstration you know and so if it 's about becoming like him and receiving his very substance of life, we need to be empowered if we 're going to live this out in this in this particular way hey you know um, so we 're all in this together, you know we, we all need to enter into this process of allowing Christ to be formed within us so that in whatever we're doing, what, however we're serving, whatever role we have, whatever gift we have, we're, we're functioning from, like you said, the same source, the same life source that empowers all of it, eh? You know? um, so it's, it's massive, eh? Much bigger than just find your gift and run with it. You know? Um Cool. All right. Um, we've got the Luke we've got the Luke passage. But I thought perhaps we could just actually like take a moment to share testimony. You know, we've had little bits and pieces and then if we've got time we can move into the Luke passage. But I'd be keen to hear from you guys, you know, in a practical sense, how has that how has that actually looked in either, you know, um, amongst the body or in your in your own lives? So have there been times where either you 've you know, functioned in this gift of hospitality, and it's had an impact on others. Or has there been someone else's hospitality that's had an impact on you? Is is it testimony that you can share of um, of what God's been doing um, through this gift?
2: <clears throat> um. Uh, yep. So I have I have an example of um, hospitality, uh, sort of in the in in the flesh, but but in the spirit. So. Um, uh after i had um the Sunday I preached about the the withered hand being made whole the Monday I went and had coffee uh with a friend and we were in the uh hospitable cafe uh backyard cafe and um you know but to to meet and again share each other's hearts and lives with one another, you know, Um, and at that time uh, a a woman came over who who is kind of like a stranger to me, I don't, uh, we didn't know each other's name or anything, but we had a brief conversation, we've sort of known each other over the years passing, Um, but of course her right hand uh, had been uh, sliced, the tendons, and so um, Amanda's ears pricked up, and she said, Mel just preached on the right hand being healed. we're going to pray for you in the cafe, right, so it was this time of like, again, sh- just sharing Christ, but it's more than the hand, as as you spoke, and um, so we prayed, and but what had happened in that moment was there was an exchange, right, where it was no longer just stranger, it was, we exchanged names, and then she said, as soon as I finish work, I need to, I need to come, or I need to talk to Oh no, this was the second day. But anyway, I went home and I remember God uh, convicting me of, you know, it's not about just praying, it's about sharing me with this woman as a stranger. Because, you know, it says that Christ came to his own world, that he made his own people and he was a stranger. He was a stranger. And um, it it says that... um, I was a stranger, and you took me in, and this was Jesus talking, and uh, anyway, the next day, I felt I had to go talk to her, and actually share Christ, and the reality of who he is, and that I believed God was, um, it was interesting, I said to her, you know, I don't know you, you're a stranger to me, I don't know you, but I know God, and I know that God has his hand set on you, and he's calling you to himself, that hospitality of Christ, right, calling you to himself, and she, who, Her heart was burning and she um, wanted to to meet with me. And of course my home, I could open my home because I have a home, I have a house, right? But it's not about just opening the home. While I was at the house, you know, I could have complained, being like, my house is a mess. Kirk didn't do the dishes last (laughs) night, like running around, you know? But you know, while I was getting the house arranged and ready for, it it was the sense of like the husband calling and going, hey wifey, I'm bringing someone over for dinner tonight, get ready and it was preparing the the house but preparing my heart for the word to walk in with the stranger and to to yeah the hospitality of welcome into my physical home but welcome to the home that I share with my husband with Christ himself right and it's 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 that. It's like stewarding what we have because Christ has given it to us. As as our co-heir, as our co-laborer, we have that supply and resource from him. And so um, it was awesome because I could just sit with her and literally just share what is there. You know, I don't have to mess anything up. And, um, and you know, she, she received the word. And um, that was, yeah, a place of hospitality. But that stranger thing is... Is interesting to me because you received me as a stranger, yet we're the strangers to God when we we were strangers to him. Um, and it's it's no longer how how we receive the word is either gonna be stranger danger or we become the manger for the stranger. Do you know what I mean? Is I know that sounds so silly. But it's that's what he's that's what he said to me this afternoon. It's like we become the haven, we become the the home, we are the household for the, the chief over the, the home, you know, when he says, I'm bringing someone over, be ready, yeah. are we ready, you know, um, so, anyway. That's.
0: Yeah. And I love that, eh, because you, you know, like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just opening your home, yeah. it was opening <laughs> who you are, yeah. and the reality of who yeah. God is in you, Absolutely. and and that's what was hospitable, right? Yeah.
2: That's right. And you know what? It, uh, this just reminded me that, you know, she then she then um, was like, hey, me and my husband want to come over for dinner. And I'm like, yes. They came over and conversation just opened up. He was really hungry to hear. And then, of course, she wanted to come to the service. So, of course, our Rock family, hospitable. Welcome to through the doors. Sam brought this word that just... In, oh, excuse me, infiltrated her, <laughs> her being. And what happens? She goes to her own home. And what does she do? She's so excited by what she heard. She felt so empowered by what she heard that she she causes her husband to sit with her and listen together. And it's, I mean,
4: <sighs> <laughs>
2: hospitality, baby. It's just, it's, it's so everything in him is so much greater and divine than what we can think
0: yeah and you know paul says you know our hearts are open wide to you you know and it said that that they were that they were privileged to impart not just the gospel but their their own life their very own lives you know and I think to me that that is what hospitality is, eh? you know, is that we don't just come in here and impart a spiritual gift or administer a gift. Eh? We, we impart our very being, our, our lives, our hearts are open wide to one another. And it's in the, vulnerab- there is a level of vulnerability in that, but it, it facilitates an environment for transformation and change, eh? you know. It takes it from being a house to a home, you know. Um, and I think that that's, it's the power that unlocks an opportunity to yeah. minister. And the
2: breaking of bread, yeah. it's the breaking of Christ. Him opening himself to us, again, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's the supply. Him breaking himself open to us, we can break bread and do the same with others.
0: Yeah. What about for others?
2: Mm. Um, I
3: was just thinking of... Um, I was, many years ago, I was catching up with a friend for dinner, and um, our dinner had arrived, the wine had arrived, the dinner had arrived, and I thought, oh, there's no salt and pepper. (laughs) So I turned around, and I was asking a couple behind me, I said, oh, hey, can I borrow your salt and pepper from your table? Anyway, um, as the boyfriend was handing it over to me while he was on his mobile I noticed a young woman was in a bit of distress and so me being me I just did my scan her any bruises okay he's not beating her up Um, and then I thought okay um, all right I'll just go back to my food so I went back to my food and um, I heard that voice that spoke to me at the morgue, as well as the, when, regarding the truck driver, was like, turn around and ask them how they are. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, awkward, awkward, okay. So I turned around and I, and I said to her, she was still crying, I said, are, are, are you guys okay? And, um, and the boyfriend goes, oh, nah, yeah, nah, we're all right. And she just went, No, we're not okay. (laughs) I went, Oh, here we go. (laughs) She's like, We've been traveling around the world and we arrived in New Zealand. They were from the UK. We arrived in New Zealand. The safest they've just been in Honduras for six months. They arrived in New Zealand, parked up at Lombard car park, and their car got broken into with everything stolen. And then, anyway, I invited them to our table. I said, so they obviously it was about six o'clock at night, 7 p.m. So they were trying to wait for the banks in the UK to open because it was the opposite times. And that is when I went, okay, were you guys staying? They're like, oh, we don't know. I said, you're more than welcome. So come, come and stay with me. So I invited them to stay over at our place. And um, what and the person that I was having tea with, it had such a massive impact on her because she was like, "These people are literally total strangers," and um, and I was explaining to her a little bit aspect of the culture itself too. For Samoans, when they travel, they don't stay in motels; they stay with you. <laughs> so yes. Uh, I give up my bed very regularly, so I sleep on the couch very regularly in one's life. So, but it's all good. Um, it's all good. Um, so, um, so they stayed with me for two nights, and the friend that was with me, she was just baffled by why I would open, I said, it's beyond home. It's not about the four walls and the stuff that's in it. That's just, it's the open heart. They're open to my fridge. They are welcome to touch and have anything in this house. But I also had to, because she was so, yeah, I also had to explain the, 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 I live with two other women, so I also had to ring them and say, hey, I'm bringing two people and just explain some of the practical safety I said because you know she would be I said yeah no you don't go and just pick up anyone off the street now you know yeah. especially being a female so um but yeah the and so she went out of her way she helped me um sort out all their stuff at the bank and we got some rugby tickets for them I know they are into soccer but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mind you, they had a very Persh accent, so I knew, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, the, they they came and um, she's, I, I called a lot of my contacts to just um, help them because, you know, it was things down to clothing and toiletries. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, you don't, as a female, oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm, it's just, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I still, my friend still talks about, you know, Seven years later, the um, how it impacted her. So that's where I think, man, it is quite humbling the love of the Lord, not just for oneself, but for all, um, whether you choose them or not. It really is quite humbling. So, yeah, yeah, it was awesome.
0: And I love that that was as much a testimony to the people that you took in mm-hmm. as your flatmates, you know? because. You know, that's right
3: you know you know it's funny because the couple said to me asked me how can they repay me and i said to them all i said to them i see just pay it forward that was it
1: yeah. Yeah.
5: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah i I was just um thinking of one which is a little bit closer to home and a bit more recent for me so Um, For me, uh, this house is a really good opportunity to show hospitality because, you know how we're talking about what it looks like to be, uh, to entertain strangers, you know, and to host them because, and it says it in um, Exodus 20, because you yourselves were strangers in the land of Egypt, you know, and so because you know what it's like, don't let that be someone else's reality. Um, And that's, you know, that's what you were sharing one, one morning, Greg, when you said that you had experienced a lack of fathering in the, in the body and yet don't let that be someone else's reality. And I felt like that was the full picture of that. Um, and so I feel like it's it's quite easy for me to show hospitality to people that are, that are new here because I know what it's like to come to a family and not be welcomed and go, oh, well, it's, it's hard for me. Or at a party, when you're at a social gathering and you know everyone and someone's there that doesn't know anyone. And it actually doesn't take much for you to, to step outside of what's really comfortable and to make a massive difference for someone else. Um, and so there's, there's a few instances of that, you know, um, Bella was just sharing one with me, um, and I, I don't even remember what the occasion was, but she just said that she stepped out to meet this person and engage with this person, and she said they just really clicked. And it was incredible because they spent time, they talked, the night was fantastic for her and this person. And at the end of the night they hugged and and this person lived in, in another, I think they lived in the South Island. And she said, I know, we said we're actually never going to see each other again until heaven kind of deal, you know. And that was okay, like it wasn't something that needed to go, but it made a massive difference in someone else's life. Um, and those small things I feel like are massive things, because when you step out of you to engage with someone else, it can be a really small thing, but when you're the person that someone steps outside of themselves for, it's a massive thing, you know, because we do see through our own our own lens, right? Um, and so just to um, give an example of, of that and how that actually turned up for me, um, last Sunday I was just here, and um, there was a couple sitting over at the back, they're not here tonight, and I was just like, oh, they're sitting there, I'll just go and say g'day, and so I just went and said g'day, and I was just talking to them about things, and just having small talk, and just um, ministering out of the capacity that Christ has provided in me, where it's actually not hard to do that, and um, we're just talking away, and he just says this one sentence, and I tell you, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me through the sky, and he didn't know, he wasn't intending to give me the word of the Lord. But it absolutely was the word of the Lord for me. Um, And it was so profound and it had application in my life for my family, but it actually has a much bigger um, context as well. And and he just said, we were talking about um, my daughter and her inability to express what's coming out, you know, to articulate words clearly in in her tongue that is sometimes a little bit tired, and that's all good. Um, and so it was a really easy conversation and he said oh look I'm a teacher of deaf children and he said to me language in is more important than language out and when he said it man the Holy Spirit just went boom and I was like whoa and I just was like man I said you, you don't know that but you've just spoken the word of the Lord to me it's just it was so powerful and as you know as the week's gone by, the Holy Spirit's just been speaking more and more to that, and he 's speaking about his word yeah. in me it 's more important that his word is in me than I 'm ministering his word because it will come out mm. he says don't worry about how it 's going to come out it 's going to come out, yeah. but what are you eating and drinking what's going to what 's filling you you know mm. um, and so that was just a really simple example of being hospitable that actually meant that. In a funny way, I entertained an angel. Now, this was just a normal person, but he had a message, and it was a divine one, and I was able
0: to hear it. Thank you, Lord. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that, eh? because it, it reminds me of the verse that says, you know, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of my Father. You know? And interesting, eh? that when, like, when it is the Father's will, it's, what we're talking about here it's not that you show hospitality and you get burnt out you know actually in engaging and you know it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because in the giving you actually receive you know and in the works that are inspired and empowered by the holy spirit even a simple hello you know you actually end up getting fed because you don't it's not about you anymore you know the posture of your heart is is about him and about others, and he, and he gives and supplies what we need, eh, you know? So. Cool. Um, for me, when I, was, when I was thinking about this, there's one particular time, I think I have shared a number, maybe a couple of years ago, before we, Tess and I had a, a young guy um, living with us that at the time we were having some, some real challenges um, with, and we were having to have some really difficult conversations about his behaviour in, in our household, and... um and it had got quite negative, quite negative, and Tess had this idea that randomly popped into her mind completely outside of the situation that was going on, and um, at, at, at the time, this, this young guy was all about being wanting to be independent, but he didn't have the capacity to be independent, which is why he was living with us, you know, and so um, Tess had, um, you know, he, he wanted to have his own staff, have his own, own bed, and have his own clothes, and have his own dresser, and, and all that sort of thing, and um, had spoken about that a number of months before, and Tess had just had this idea that 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 she should buy him a set of sheets. Like it was so it was so random out and out of the blue, and he had, like I said, his his behaviour had been so opposite to like you always say, you don't reward bad behavior. And it was one of those situations where it's like, the behavior's bad, there shouldn't be a reward, but there was a divine word, I think, that Tess had, which she felt that God had said, buy him a set of sheets. And so Tess went out and, and bought him some sheets and a pillowcase and, and, and that sort of thing. And I think on this particular day, we had, we had clashed again, and I had had to, you know, to tell him off about a, a certain thing you know that, that he was doing. And I think, so the next day, we were going to, um, you know, give him these sheets and and came out to him on the, on the step and I said, hey, um, Tess and I have just been thinking and we, re- we really want to support you to be independent. Here's a set of sheets for your bed that you can keep. And it was in this, it was in this moment that all of our discipline had not been able to get through to him. But then when we said, here's, this, here's a set of sheets, there was something about it that broke him. And this young, hard guy burst into tears, you know, and it was, it was as if you know, the, the, all the discipline in the world couldn't go where genuine hospitality yes. could go. You know. And in creating this environment where we, we were saying, actually, we value you and we want to invest into you and we want to support you. And so despite your behavior, we're going to love and care for you. Mm-hmm. We've got this for you. And, and, it, and, it, and it broke him. You know? And he said, I'm going to have to get something for you now. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. But 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 in that, you know, there was, a, there was a moment there where he received something more than the sheets, you know. And I think like these guys have talked about in every example, there's been a transaction that's taken place where hospitality has brought about something than just an earthly need being met. Eh? That an earthly need being met, for us it facilitated, there was a softness that came into him to then receive some of the things that we needed to share with him about his behavior that we couldn't have and it wouldn't have been unlocked if without this gift facilitating and making a way, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was a really <laughs> powerful moment for us where, you know, showing hospitality unlocked an opportunity to minister love, hey, yeah. you know? So, cool. Should we have a look at the Luke verse? Do you want to a time? I reckon we've, um Yes? <laughs> We will have a quick look at it. Do we have any questions before we before we have a quick look at the Luke chapter? Yeah. Um,
6: what do you guys think the connection is between people complaining, operating from their own strength, God not being glorified? So, what do you think the connection is from people complaining, not op uh, people complaining? Not operating out of his strength, God not being glorified. Good
0: Good question.
2: So so you're asking, what is the connection between people complaining and God not being glorified? What what's? Maybe someone else can answer first, and then I'll
6: put it this way. Yeah. So it talks about operating out of the strength God gives so that God can be glorified. So what's the connection between people complaining? Is there a connection between people complaining, give hospitality without complaint, if you operate out of the wrong posture?
5: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I th- I reckon... Um, yeah, it's so... It, uh, for me, it's the difference between what's birthed in flesh and what's birthed in spirit. When it's, when it's of him, there's a rest attached to it, and it's not a striving, earning, producing, sort of inviting people over that's going to leave you tired at the end of it. And I feel like um, in that, when he, when he starts to clarify what it looks like to truly be hospitable when it's birthed from God, it, it, it starts to talk about the fruit that comes as a result of that, that when this is done from the Spirit... God's going to be glorified in this, and we've heard testimony of how this has been done easily, and from myself, how it didn't. <laughs> you know, um, yeah.
0: I think for me that the big thing is when you complain, you instantly like give away that your serving and your giving was actually all about you and not about the person, you know, and so like in in your complaining, what you're really what you're really saying is that you don't have the divine capacity of God within you to love, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, to me, it's it says it's Christ in you that's the hope of glory, you know. It's Christ in us that it's 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 what He's building in here that gives glory and testimony to Him and who He is. And I think when you complain, you you highlight that He's not enough in you to be who you need to be. And I think to me that that you know. How can we glorify the Father if it's if it's all about us, you know? Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Just to add as well too, when you're when you are complaining it's also it's because you don't know love. You cannot demonstrate love if you do not know love. So yeah, that was to go with you.
4: Just very quickly, one of the greatest, it's unfortunate, but she's known as a complainer. Poor old Mary and Martha. Martha. I mean, (laughs) it came up. But uh, the thing is that Jesus, I mean, she goes to complain to the guest. (laughs) Now, that's unusual. You've got Jesus in your house, and you go complaining to him. But it was... But then she, you know, she says, don't you care that Mary's just sitting there and I'm doing all the work? And then Jesus says, you know, she's chosen, Mary's chosen the better thing, better option. So hospitality comes out of spending time with him so that out of that flows whatever gift you have. And that's just so important. I mean, she really had to change things because, I mean, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they had hundreds of people going out to their place. So she better known hospitality then. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh. Hot seat.
6: And I mean it's it's is related and, and we're sort of saying it, but um I think what's the connection between um people's expectations and true, truly being hospitable from
2: freedom. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Immediately, a thought of outcome, like um, the. Um, it's like, what, what are we getting out of this? You know, or. Comp- not getting what you want out of it then complaining about it because that was your expectation was earthly you know earthly and what what you can get out of it or the reward from it or where um um just from almost stewarding something that's so precious and that you cherish it's like it doesn't matter the outcome it's just that you get to share the privilege of just sharing and and making making room you know making room for for others to to share and um receive mm-hmm. you know so i think it's yeah i i feel like it's an outcome thing you know you'd be disappointed or you'd be like oh that wasn't fruitful but true fruitfulness would be um i guess that burning of the heart and the sharing and you actually walk away you know um developed and uh, you know yeah
5: when, when, you're, when you're free of an outcome, everything changes. For me, the, mass, the most massive example of complaining and grumbling is Israel in the wilderness. And you've got a bunch of people that had an outcome attached to it and their own expectations. They brought a lot to the table and didn't once stop and just believe You know what, what was really on offer. Um, and, and you know, that's that's our example to not be that. These things were written for our example that we would see that this, these complaints were the the manifestation of their heart, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth spoke. And so of their unbelief. hearts, and that's why God's like, actually, this heart of stone needs to come out and be replaced with a heart of flesh, a soft heart, where there's a work done internally that has an external result um, and if you, and, and the, in the freedom of that, I feel like, m- for myself, I'm, I'm not, I'm learning to not attach things to what he's said more than what he's actually said. Because the moment I do that, I, I potentially set myself up for a fall. Oh, God said this, this means that. And you go to that place, and when that doesn't happen... Well, you are going to grumble, or you are going to complain, or you're at least going to have some issues and some working out that needs to take place. But when his word's enough, when it's what you're built on and you're not building on that yourself, there's a real freedom and a real rest that comes with that. And I feel like the real hospitality has got to be tied into the rest. It doesn't matter what you bring to the table. This this came from, from him in here. And whether you love me for it or thank me for it or hate me for it it's not dependent on you and like you were saying sam in the workplace that you your heart wasn't affected by that you know and and in hebrews 12 where it says um looking to jesus the author and perfecter of our face uh, our faith has perfected my face as well by the way um
4: (laughs) can you still still perfecting my
5: hair Um, And straight after that it says, consider him who endured such hostility against sinners. And and I look to him and I go, man, he wasn't dependent on acceptance or what it was that he needed. He was there to do the will of his father and that was it. And he was so totally free. He didn't need to become the king. He didn't need to listen to Peter. He didn't need to be defended didn't even need to be justified. He was like, I'm all in, yeah. and that's enough. And I think that for me the invitation when I read this is to go that's my example. That's what it looks like.
0: I think as well it comes back to what you're sharing at the beginning scene about being a bond servant, you know? And I think pe- people have so many expectations on yeah. us, you know, and they come from every angle, family, work, even being part of a body there can be expectations, you know? And I think that to me, it comes down to, you know, like, our hospitality can't be about man-pleasing, hey, you know? And um, it has to be divinely inspired and empowered. Actually, when we're not serving people, we're serving Him. You know, and there's a verse in Matthew there, and it talks about um, the sheep and the goats' judgment, you know? And it's, it's like, at, at this judgment day, they, um, you know, like, these people are standing before Jesus, um, and and he talks to some people and he says you know like these people who they they give a cup of water to someone um and and Jesus says you're blessed come into the kingdom of my father you know and they said oh when when did uh, you know the, when did we when did we give you a drink of water they had never even met him before oh he said when you did it to the least of these you did it unto me you know and so hospitality to one another really like you were saying before Mal, you know it's it's not really about one another although it is it's primarily about ministry towards him that its outcome is expressed in what we do towards one another eh? you know
1: can I just add to that, I was just thinking about um, that, you know, freely freely receive, freely give. And um, for me um, personally, and Greg will testify to this, that um, when we first got married, and, and sometimes still now, depending on how I'm feeling or how the day has gone, if we've coming, got someone coming for dinner, particularly guests or, you know, um, hosting um, speakers or whoever it might be, I get quite anxious before they arrive because I want everything perfect. And so it's, yes, the expectation of others, but actually it's more the expectation of of myself. I have to have it perfect. I need to make this happen. I have to... And so the anxiety level's up here. Um, The reality is, if I'm relaxed, the evening goes really well, (laughs) doesn't it? Yeah, and if I... There's no big yes, it's just... uh uh (laughs) I agree. (laughs) At times... I won't say that. Um, (laughs) No, at times Greg's had to pour me a nice little drink to just help me along the way. (laughs) It's okay, babe. Calm down. But the reality is, if I'm relaxed... Um, it is that freely receive, freely give because it's this beautiful hospitality that comes not from um, a, a place of having to have everything perfect, um, aesthetically pleasing and every every little, you know, dot crossed and P in the plate. Yep. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful atmosphere of just giving of ourselves, of our whole lives. Yep. And I tell you what, the conversation that flows from that place, doesn't matter if you've just got, you know, a cracker and a little bit of cheese because I forgot right. to get this fancy cheese. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it actually becomes down to the... But that's the stuff that I think about. I can't just give them the little bit of the normal cheese because I've got to get the fancy cheese. Actually, it doesn't matter. It's a conversation that flows in the beautiful reciprocal relationship that comes from the intimacy from the father. It's amazing.
2: And people walk away fed. Fed. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah,
0: I think that's fantastic, eh? Because since when can the fancy cheese do an eternal work within someone, you know? Well, unless it's a pretty spectacular cheese, you know? I just think that it's, it's such a fantastic example, you know? And, and I think, like, you can, you can so quickly see why the gift of hospitality needs to be more than just earthly provision, eh, you know? when we're about something that's so much greater than that, you know, so, so that's cool. Any other questions? I think we've run out of time for the Luke 1A yeah. next time. Any other questions while we're on the question? Um, was,
6: wait, one, two,
0: and then, two. Two. I'm turning the water into wine. Is that an act of hospitality, do you think? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to, re, to, to repeat that, turning water into wine, was that an act of hospitality? I can, i've got an opinion <laughs> yeah i I think it was an absolutely an act of hospitality you know, but once again it was an act of hospitality that demonstrated something more than just meeting a physical need yeah, you know right. and we see that this was jesus's first miracle and it was at a wedding you know, and so Jesus took an example and it wasn't even his time you know he he's like God, what what mum why are you why are you talking to me? It's not—it's not time. It, and yet, there was something profound about that moment. Actually, it was this time, you know, and that—and that he said, um, you know, people had drunk all the all the good wine. So it wasn't like that. He was even meeting an actual need. He was really is meeting a want, right? <laughs> like they'd had all the good stuff, and now they had run out. You know, they'd gone too hard too soon, and you know, like and. And so, but, but, but Jesus, through an act of hospitality, he said, okay, there's, there's, there's more that needs to come to the light in this moment. And, and he was prepared to use Water and wine, and turn water into wine to highlight that in his father's kingdom there's a greater wine that's coming that you're going to drink of that speaks of an eternal marriage covenant that I want you to enter into. You know, and so in showing hospitality, he demonstrated not just meeting an earthly need or an earthly want, he through hospitality brought to light the eternal plan and purpose of God and and said, Guys. You're at a wedding, but let me tell you about a greater wedding. You know, you've tasted of this wine, you've tasted of even divinely provided wine, but let me talk to you through my life and my ministry that you're just about to see of a greater wine that you can drink of with me in my heavenly kingdom. And you can drink of now through eating and partaking and drinking of me, you know. So he used an earthly situation, he used ho- earthly hospitality to bring to light the eternal mysteries mm. of God so, so it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. massive God. so yeah, yeah absolutely great question yeah. oh does anyone else want to talk
2: about no no nope. nope. <laughs> wine from the vine endless joy um i was just thinking about and i have the power to get it up hey um in 1st peter 4:10 where at the beginning it says as each one has received a special gift and i guess i was wondering is the gift of hosti- hospitality intertwined with all gifts
5: Gifts? Yeah. um I, I feel like what <laughs> we were talking about this earlier during some of the um uh previous messages that we've had and while while it says in um it, it says in, in first corinthians there um it gives to each one as he i forget what the right word is as he desires. You know, the Holy Spirit gives a gift to each one as, as he desires. And it's so, I feel like it's so easy to, to try and break it down and go, this is my gift. And this is my gift. And I have this gift. And we, we want to isolate these things so we can find our identity in it and go, well, I've got um, uh, interpretation of tongues. That's me. And yet, learning about this fuller picture, which is Christ, he's like, actually, he didn't operate in one gift. He was operating in, in the fullness of these gifts, and there's so much more, and, and we, we hear this, you know, this is being spoken, that it's not this separation of Christ, there's there's one Christ, mm-hmm. and, and the Spirit is one with Christ, and so, you know, not to try and fancy it up, but I just go, I don't, I wouldn't want to say that it's not, A specific gift that he pours out and goes, here you go, here's a gift, and this is you, and and this is... But I wouldn't want to say that's just what it is that he's got, you know? He absolutely supplies it, in in my opinion. He absolutely supplies it, and it absolutely has to come from him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if we ever went, that's that person's gift and not mine we would disqualify ourselves from what it is that he wants to lead us into where where he's like actually look to me the fullness of all of these things and I'm your goal you know and so we we can grow in hospitality just like we can grow in everything else as he supplies
0: and I think this is the same for hospitality and all the gifts that we've looked at you know um, the way that I see it is that you know gifts gifts are given by God, and there's particular people who have a certain grace that, that is for these gifts, maybe more than than some others, you know, so someone like Sina, I'd, I'd say, we're talking specifically about hospitality, there's a particular grace that's on her to function in this gift, you know, but the gift is not just for her, it's for all of us, you know, and we're all to receive from it and mature, not just in constantly receiving from the gift of hospitality, we're all to become hospitable, you know? And it's the same, like, particularly it talks about the fivefold, and it says he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and he says this, he says, for the equipping of the saints for the works of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So he doesn't say he's given these gifts so that the gifts can then go and minister. He says he's given the gifts for the equipping of the saints who are then going to do the works of service. Interesting, eh? Yeah. You know? So one's in a one's that and it's particularly for these gifts, they're about equipping the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can minister, you know. So when we're talking about hospitality, there will be particular people who have a certain grace to you know, um to demonstrate what we're talking about tonight. But ultimately it's for they are prototypes and forerunners for us all to mature into the fullness of Christ. Where we don't just look at someone performing a gift of hospitality and admire them, we actually mature into that same posture and stature yeah, ourselves. Yeah. You know. It's so. Good yeah. yeah. cool question. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? We've got four minutes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Turn oh, yeah.
7: Um, it's not n- not so much a question, but I just felt to share. Um, I've been really moved by tonight, um, in the way of not only being hospitable to one another, but being hospitable to Christ in our hearts, and and to the word that comes to our heart, to host him. Because the word comes to my heart so often and I'm often not a good host. I'll hear it and I'll put it through my own filter and decide to do with it, with it what I will. But I feel like the Lord tonight is stirring something in me to to host him well yes. and to invite him in and, and as easy as it is to see someone in the natural that has a need and to... Decide if we want to help or to do what we will do. I just feel like there's there's definitely that with the Lord and it's not necessarily as obvious because it's in the natural. You know, you can see someone crying in the natural and you want to go help them or they're sitting by themselves or you want to go help them. But I feel like when the Lord comes and ministers and wants to make his home in us, that... It's not necessarily naturally obvious, but it's, it's really spiritually obvious. And it's up to us what we do with that. And so I just want to say, Lord, would you have your way in our hearts? Yes. That when you come, Lord, that we would let you. Yes. That we would let you come, Lord. Yes. That you would have your perfect work in us, Lord, first. Yes. Okay. May we not desire to to give to one another before we haven't even let you in lord and lord i thank you for uh, the empowering to to let you in god and to say yes father tonight lord yes. i thank you for what you've stirred tonight lord that you've yes. that you've come lord that yes. <laughs> you've That you've come and you've knocked on the door of our hearts, Lord. And that we get to say yes. (laughs) And let you in, Lord.
1: (laughs) And just going on from that, I've never ever seen it before. But the word hospitality, hospitable, I think I've got it right with my, my spelling, it has, it's very similar to hospital. Mm. Mm. And what does a hospital do? It's there to, to care, to minister, to bring healing, to bring life, to bring wholeness. Yeah. His hospitality in us, Sarah, brings such life. Yeah. <laughs> and it has to start with him first. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that because it is. It's, it's through him first.
3: Let's yeah.
2: the so, yeah. no. well? Oh, God, um, I thank you that you are the word and you are the beginning. You're the middle and you're the end. And I thank you that life is found in you. Our life... Uh, Completed is hidden in you, and as we, um, as we've heard Sarah just so beautifully say, as we welcome your word, as we welcome you as the word, uh, the word that produces life, the word that is life. As we continue in your word, as we host your word, as we open our hearts and our lives, um, and accommodate your word, Lord, we know that your word will become flesh and will manifest. Itself through us, um, and that it would glorify who you are. That the the inward being of the Word yourself would would manifest and become the glory, the outward shining of who you are, and that the world would see who the church is. That we are uh, we are the uh, exact representation of the Christ Himself. That we are the present presence of His being on the earth, and. <clears throat> It's a reality that is so great and so of heavenly substance, but we welcome it, Lord. Tonight again, we say out loud as a body that we welcome your word and what you're doing, your reality, the reality that comes by the word spoken. Uh, you, Jesus was the reality of God, and he spoke his reality into being, into earth, sent his son in the form of flesh that, that we would all have access into this reality of of Christ, reality of God, We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you for your faithfulness towards us. And may we not be found complaining and um, sitting in unbelief, but would we believe and um, make room for you. And um, from believing, that is a form of hospitality, is believing you on your word and allowing your word to, to grow in us. So we thank you for who you are. We thank you for each other and... I pray that after uh, tonight, just, God, that we would, when we are with one another, we would share you with one another and make room for one another to hear your word, to break bread, the break opening of yourself. We thank you that you are so generous, we love you. Amen.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Have
4: a great week.